to season three of Interdisciplinary. I'm Cal Cates. And I am Kathy Ryan. And this is Heal Well's podcast about people who take care of people and all the places and perspectives that lift us up. We love science, we love meaningful dissent, and we love to support our fellow humans in making our world a place that is just, equitable, and loving beyond our own imagining. Thank you for joining us for another rousing conversation with smart, compassionate people. Please make sure to go and like and share and comment all over the social medias and uh, do all the things that show your love for interdisciplinary. This season, we're also running a WE contest. This season will run until uh, late August, so you've got a little time, but don't waste time. Uh, If you leave us a review online, leave a review of the show and tell people why you love it. If we read your review online in a future episode this season, you will be the lucky recipient of either, are you ready? An interdisciplinary mug, an interdisciplinary t-shirt, or... 30 minutes of private one-on-one chatting with Kathy and Cal about any topic of your choosing. So get out there and tell the world while you listen and good things are going to happen. One thing we are, uh, you may have noticed we've changed our intro because really it's a little more accurate to what we are doing here. But one thing that hasn't changed is that we're going to start with a pun. You guys are going to love this one. Are you ready? How do microscopic organisms call each other? Why, on microphones, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Micro. Microphones. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know what happens if you, because like microorganisms, they don't really have feet exactly or hands. Like they've got like, they're like pseudopods or something, right? So like, I don't know how you press the buttons, but maybe, I mean, I'm sure somebody's figured that out. Telepathy. Uh, Yeah, that's probably it. They're much smarter than we are. Um, Kathy, what's new? Hey, um, I'm excited to be back. We had a little bit of a break there, so I am. I'm just really happy to be here today and uh, still working, which is great. And no complaints. Excellent. Good. You, we don't want to- you, my friend. Uh, yeah, I just got back from vacation, um, which was fantastic, and also um, strange because I, I feel like, um, and maybe maybe I'm just a victim of the media, but that. Um, America feels so very different, all the different places that you go. And um, I was using airline credits from before the before times. So I actually had connecting flights in both directions. So I got to visit Detroit, Atlanta, Denver, and Washington, D.C. And um, man, it was, it's just really different. Um, The signage, the stickers on people's cars, the way people behave in terms of like being in public places, um, and then, you know, on the way home, I, I <laughs> had an interesting combination of, I watched this movie called Nomadland, um, which uh, just sort of added to my sense of sort of desolation and like, oh, we're really like at a place of reckoning. Um, but then, of course, I, I topped it off with some um, UK edition of The Office, which sort of like lifted my spirits and reminded me that there will always be ridiculousness, um, welcome ridiculousness like that, uh, to help us uh, keep things in perspective. So yeah, I think this is an interesting time to be having the conversations that we have on this show and to keep making a space for people to, uh, move beyond the despair that is really easy to slip into. So yeah, that's what's going on here. Yeah, I'll be making my first foray out into the world later this month to go see family that I haven't seen in two years. So uh, I'll report back on how interesting and different it is here in Canada after that. Excellent. 
looking forward to it. Um, today, so excited uh, to have a double guest, a double whammy guest situation today. We have uh, friends and colleagues and now uh, world acclaimed authors, Rebecca Sturgeon and Janet Penny, uh, here to share with us about all sorts of things, but particularly about their, um, it's not even forthcoming, right? Like it's out, you can get it now. It's available. Their book through Handspring Publishing, Oncology Massage, an Integrative Approach to Cancer Care. And um, it's really a book that all people who touch people should have. But um, welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Uh, Janet, why don't you start and tell us, um, I don't know, like, who are you? And why'd they decide that you should be one of the people to write this book? And what should we know about you? Okay, well, I'm Janet Penny. I'm from Ottawa, Canada, and I don't have a clue why they chose me to write this book, Cal. So uh, I started off knowing less than I know now, and I finished writing the book with Rebecca, thinking that I actually don't know that much about oncology, and I couldn't, for the life of me, describe what massage is. Not because I learned less than when I started, but because it's such a complex modality that we all practice. It's extraordinary. There's the physical. There are the techniques that we learn. There are techniques we learn in school, those we learn in advanced training. And then there's the whole incredibly deep and unfathomable nuance of the therapeutic relationship. So I left the experience of writing this book feeling like I know less about massage only because I learned how vast it is. Yeah. <laughs> It is a good segue. Um, so I'm Rebecca Sturgeon, and um, I mean, I can tell you why why Janet was chosen to write this book um, because Janet had the idea originally and wrote this amazing proposal um, and just had this vision of um, educating people in a way that was really accessible and comprehensive. Um, and you know, Handspring are pretty smart, and they know. Uh, an excellent proposal when they see one. So, um, so they uh, told Janet that she might want to consider having an American co-author, um, and that's how I got to be included in this beautiful project um, with her. Yeah, we could even backtrack a little bit, and which takes us to Kathy, because Kathy contacted me about the possibility of writing a book on oncology massage, and I got that email while I was walking across the parking lot of a large grocery store in an evening in November, which is about as miserable a place as you can get here in Ottawa. And uh, it was an exciting email to get. So that was the beginning with Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah, so I'll jump in with a little bit of backstory as well. <laughs> um, I've had the great privilege of developing a beautiful relationship with Handspring. They're the publishers of the book that I co-authored with Nancy Keeney-Smith. And I was having a conversation with Mary Law, and she really wanted a book on oncology massage and wanted to branch out beyond Tracy Walton and Gail McDonald, who are well-known. Um, and, of course, I said, well, heal well. <laughs> and I said, and I have a Canadian colleague that I know to be uh, one of our experts in this area. I know that this is uh, a focus of her massage therapy practice. I knew of Janet through my friend Pam Fitch and um, as well had met Janet at a course. So I kind of put that bug in Mary's ear and, and then it just went from there. And, and now the two of you have 
produce content that I think will be one of the most important books in our profession for folks. It is oncology massage, but I think just in terms of providing respectful, meaningful patient care, this is a must-have book. I I agree. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I really... Um, uh, textbooks typically don't really appeal to me. And um, <laughs> I'm just, that's just not a thing that I get excited about. And I know there are people who do, um, but this, this reads almost like a novel. Like I remember when I got my copy and I was looking at it, I'm like, I can't put this thing down. And, and maybe, you know, I mean, I was, I was sort of raised by oncology massage therapists in a way. And so my perspective on practice and just engaging with humans is very much what shows up in the pages of your book. But I feel like Kathy said, I really echo the sentiment that I, it almost, I'm almost disappointed that oncology massage is so big on the cover of the book, because I just feel like it should just be called human centered massage. (laughs) Uh, Because you do such an incredible job throughout the book of just saying, I mean, it's about oncology, but it's really about respecting other disciplines and collaborating and really being present to the experience of the people you work with, whether you call them patients or clients and um, so many great visuals. And I love the diversity in the photos in the book that it's not just a bunch of white people. (laughs) Um, And, and even in the diagrams, I mean, I know that there are always struggles with things like that, but you were even uh, creative. And I know that Handspring was fully supportive of your wanting to do that as well. So, um, it's hard to even know where to start to dig into the book itself. Are there favorite favorite parts or most challenging parts that you feel like you want to share with us about? Yes, pick your favorite child. Um, <laughs> I think I'd like to start by saying that uh, the book is written by and for massage therapists. Both Rebecca and I are practicing massage therapists. So we have our hands on our clients every single week. So when we're doing that, it's impossible to distance yourself from what people are experiencing in the experience of receiving a massage and how important the intake is and how important the setting is, et cetera, et cetera. And fundamentally, massage therapists are extremely practical people. The book is intended to respond to that need of massage therapists so that the material is very accessible. A lot of it's done in chart format. It still has a lot of depth to it, but it's incredibly accessible. There is some repetition. For instance, um, when we were working on the biomedical cancer treatment chapters, if you look at the signs and symptoms that people can experience after their treatments or during their treatments, um, there's repetition between one chapter and the next. And Rebecca and I talked about that in a lot of detail about whether or not we would include that. We decided to, based on the idea that people would be using the book based on the information they needed. And we didn't want them to have to flip through the book to find everything they needed. So for instance, if somebody's experiencing neuropathy after chemotherapy or after radiation therapy, they'll find that addressed in both of those chapters. So it's very, very accessible. And that's what I love most about the book yeah well I it's hard to again pick a favorite child um but there are two things that I love the most about this book um and one is the the patient stories um that we very deliberately included um and and a lot of that is um because Janet's um people that Janet is acquainted with were so generous with their time and their stories and their um and, and contributing to our understanding of the experience of someone um, who is going through cancer treatment. 
And my second favorite part of the book, this is going to sound like a joke, but it's not, is the acknowledgments, honestly, because that is where we get to point out that, okay, so there's like a few names on the cover, but what this book is really about is like our careers going back to the beginning of when we first learned about touching someone going through cancer treatment and everyone who supported us and everyone who trusted us to touch them and work with them. Um, and everyone who listened to, I'm getting a little teary now, listened to like our grief and our joy and our um, frustration and all of the emotions that can be part of this work. So that's, that was really important to me. Here, here. Yeah. I, well, I feel like, you know, I, I was lucky and I guess full disclosure, I wrote the foreword for the book and um, it's an incredible honor to, um, it was first anxiety provoking, but mostly an honor. And um, so I got to go to the, the book launch party and it was such an incredible um, experience to turn on my, my computer and attend this meeting and to see these like 30 plus faces of people who have shepherded me on my own journey. And, and exactly as Rebecca described, just people who I, it's hard to remember not knowing them and, and just the incredible generosity of everyone on this. Like there was no sense of like, cause there were authors of other books that have been considered sort of, you know, canonical texts in oncology massage. And there was no sense of competition or, you know, and, and, and if there was internally for anyone, they knew to leave it aside and to like, I feel like this is such a, a great community of people who show up in that way that is really about what Rebecca just described. And that it's, it's about the thousands, millions of people who have been touched by skilled hands who understand what is and is not possible in an oncology massage session. And um, what an exciting lineage to be a part of. And I think Whatever your specialty, I hope that's true of all the leaders and teachers within um, those communities, because that's really what will lift us all up in the end. Absolutely. There were professional contributors, and some of those are massage therapists, and some of those were other integrative practitioners, naturopath, a psychiatrist, a traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturist. And all of those people were also so incredibly generous with their contribution to make it a little outside of just massage therapy so that we really get the picture of where we sit in the integrative community, what we have to learn from others, and also what we have to contribute to that community. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of what um, what was exciting to me about the proposal and about working on the book, that it was it was really an unsiloed approach, um, yeah. like understanding that what we do, even though we may not ever communicate with someone's, you know, radiation oncologist or their nurse practitioner or their naturopath or whoever else is supporting them, we are still working with them. Um, and And yes. our work has to talk to and and be part of the same supportive um, situation for what whoever we're touching yeah absolutely and one thing that I struggle with constantly is the language to use to describe what we do we do need to be evidence-based but really the research evidence has not yet caught up to what we know that we do so how to frame what we're doing to other professionals so that we can really transmit the extraordinariness of what we do. 
that will be an ongoing struggle. But I think, again, if we can share our experiences and we can borrow that language from each other. I feel like one of the one of my many present soapboxes is the idea that what we're trying to advance is not massage therapy, but massage therapists. And I feel like your book is such a great description of what massage therapists do that has nothing to do with their hands. That really is what makes the difference in care that yes, we're touching and touching is elemental and powerful and anyone can touch. And what we're talking about in terms of contributing to oncology care or any care for that matter is the critical thinking, is the compassion, is the way those things melt together to really represent a wholly unrepresented discipline that we are now trying to really integrate and and integrate. And I love how in the very beginning of the book, you're like, so here's what we're talking about. (laughs) And that for so long, we've been called alternative and complementary and that in some settings we are still very much alternative or complementary but that the the way that we're the direction we want to take ourselves is truly integrative and that that is a two-way street and that it's not about them finally accepting us it's about us also welcoming in the perspective of other providers and really being part of that picture and this book is just like a love letter to that philosophy (laughs) (laughs) i love that So we're going to take a quick break to tell you about this new thing that we have on our Heal Well online classroom, um, which is Back to Practice Part 3. (laughs) See, you thought we were done, but we are not done. Um, And Back to Practice 3 is going to give you a lot of information about um, re-entry. So... Yeah, we know a lot of you are now that the CDC recommendations have changed and more people are vaccinated, at least in the United States. Many more massage therapists are going back to practice. And it's not as simple as just going back to practice. So uh, we've put together a a great, uh, relatively short course that's going to address some of the things that you might not even know you're worried about and uh, how to really simplify those concerns and and be able to move forward uh, in a reasonable way. Yeah, so if you have an hour... And ten dollars, <laughs> um, you you can ha- sit down with us um, and learn a little bit about going back to practice and some of the things that you might be thinking about that you don't even know you're thinking about. Self care, practice concerns, logistics details, and just kind of uh, how to keep your feet on the ground and your heart open, uh, and also stay safe, and that those things are not uh, mutually exclusive. So. Uh, it's a it's a very heal well uh, heal wellish course, and uh, we'll invite you to stick with your discomfort, but to also know that you can move forward and to be able to do so confidently and uh, safely, and to keep doing the work that you love. So we hope that you will find an hour and ten dollars and come spend that time with us. So that's back to practice three at online.healwell.org. Available for pre order. Get in there. Well, and I, I love that Janet brought up the piece about the, our dearth of research or whatever you want to call it with regard to massage therapy. Uh, I, as most people who know me, know that I'm a total science uh, nerd bag. Um, and, and, but I still love the humanity piece that y'all did such a great job of blending with the work that you've done because it, for me as a massage therapist, um, 
that's really integral and important to what I do as a massage therapist to keep the heart in the work as well as the the hands being informed by a variety of means. And and I think even though we don't have, you know, what would be called hardcore good scientific data for massage therapy, because again, not to use this as an out, it's really hard to measure what we do because so much is happening in multiple systems on so many levels. It's very hard to to quantify, qualify and quantify that. But I think as massage therapists, one thing that we can do, and this is something that I've certainly done in my practice and what Nancy and I tried to do in, in our book, and you guys have done really well also and others, is to take the best possible available science and create a reasonable nexus between that best available science and what physiologically is possible in terms of us as massage therapists using our hands to facilitate whatever it is we're working to facilitate. And and I've used that really well in terms of having conversations in an interdisciplinary setting. And the fact that I'm just aware of the current science uh, gives credence or value to the work that we do. And I think that's something that the two of you have done extremely well in this book. And for me, again, as a massage therapist over a 30-plus year career, one of the highlights of my career was attending the Society for Oncology Massage Healing Summit. And the reason why that was so amazing for me, because I am not an oncology-based massage therapist per se. I work with oncology patients. But it, and it's what the point that Cal brought about the, um, the book launch party is there was, it's such a community. There wasn't a lot of ego and posturing. There was just this yeah. beautiful, welcoming environment and such humanity to it. I left that experience feeling completely renewed as a massage therapist about, oh my God, I think I just met the most beautiful human beings I've ever met in my life in you know, 200 people. It was such an extraordinary uh, experience. And again, I think your book has captured the essence of that. Oncology massage therapists, in my humble opinion, are some of the most um, knowledgeable uh, practitioners with such deep humanity. I love y'all. Oh, <laughs> so we funny. love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, one thing that, again, Rebecca and I discussed and tried to keep a focus on was keeping the book accessible to all massage therapists, irregardless of where they practice, irregardless of the level of training they have, years in the profession, etc. You know, massage therapists might end up working with someone who has had cancer in a spa or in a workplace wellness environment and how to bring knowledge to them so that they can work safely with those clients as well as people who have practices that focus on oncology massage. So it's quite a broad focus as well, which was really important to us both. Yeah, and it was an interesting balance um, that we also tried to manage um, because there is, there's a whole lot of um, science nerd rabbit holes you can go down when you're writing about cancer and cancer treatments. Um, and we definitely did go down a lot of those rabbit holes uh, and it was fun, <laughs> but um, not all that needs to be in the book, you know, because what we're talking about is honestly, it's not that hard. <laughs> like what we do is not that complicated. Um, it's more about like the, the knowledge and the understanding and the internal, um, 
understandings and and like Janet said earlier, the therapeutic relationship. But what you actually do with your hand, you know, we're not like, you know, standing on one leg and doing like dancer pose while massaging someone's ankle. That's <laughs> well, and, and and I don't want to tell your business, Rebecca, but um, <laughs> but I want to make it really clear for people who um, and you sort of started to hint at it there that like what our hands do is quite simple. But what oncology massage therapists do and what honestly, I'll just go ahead and insert my judgmental opinion that any massage therapist who is truly engaging in, in a meaningful therapeutic relationship, that's incredibly complex. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly, it is a level of commitment that most of us are not invited to undertake in massage school and that you can learn what to do with your hands and never engage with any of that stuff. And I feel like I love that in the beginning of this beautiful book that continues to go deep and come back out, you say like, this is a a foundational educational text and that like, you don't have to get into the, the details of proton therapy versus external beam radiation, whatever. I mean, you, you describe those things and talk about them, but that's not really where the art and even the science of oncology massage happens, that it really is a thing that, and perhaps because we're invited by our cultural understanding of cancer as something that maybe really brings mortality to the surface, even if you're dealing with a stage zero or stage one, you know, quote unquote, curable cancer. When you hear the diagnosis of cancer, things about how you're living your life and what's important about being alive really come to the surface. And when you engage as an oncology massage therapist with people who are in that place, it invites you to do the same, or at least it could. You can RSVP to that invitation or not, but I feel like that's the complexity that you do such a good job of kind of saying like, you can't skip this and you're not going to, you're not going to do that for people in a textbook. They're not going to like come out of reading this textbook suddenly self-aware, but you keep touching on like, and you've got to do your own work and how does this affect you? And like, I love that the, the chapter on therapeutic relationship, I think the it's like therapeutic relationship slash the effect of massage therapy on the therapist. And I just am like, right. You know, we, we work with people and yet in our minds we think, oh, it's so hard to be people kind of glad I'm not one. And <laughs> in that chapter, you're like, oh, this is affecting you also. And yeah. don't forget to notice that. Yeah. Yeah. That was really important. I think to both of us to, to say that explicitly that you don't get to be removed. You 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 cannot. I mean, you can try, um, and maybe maybe you'll be successful for a time, but you are going to lose so much that is vital to you as um, as a human being if you try to work that way, and your clients um, and or patients are going to miss out on w- what I think is. The, like the indescribable part of oncology massage that is really where the, the um, I'm vegan, I can't say meat, where the eggplant is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> where the protein is. Where the protein is, where the tofu is. Um, <laughs> which, is which is the really being present and in relationship with people who are sometimes suffering in a way that's um, really hard <laughs> to see and to... Um, to understand, and also sometimes working with with people and their families, um, where you can sort of see into the future a little bit. I mean, nobody can see into the future, but maybe having 
had experience, right, except for Kathy Ryan, but maybe maybe having had experience with, you know, multiple clients who have had similar diagnoses, you can kind of see what the trajectory is and being around people who either don't see it, don't want to see it, refuse to see it, refuse to acknowledge that it's possible. um, That can take a lot out of you. I mean, I'm thinking in particular of one of our colleagues um, at Healwell who I was talking to about was in a similar situation with a client um, who they were working with, who I think has passed away. Um, But being around the family who was keeping up hope and, you know, wanted to keep trying and kind of knowing what this is not, it's not how this usually goes. Um, So to have to balance like your knowledge um, against the emotional tenor of the room and the person that you're working with, like it's, it's a, it's hard work and you know, you cannot, you cannot be a wimp. You cannot opt out emotionally of this work. You cannot. Well, you can, but. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. At, At some point. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, all of these are such important elements, again, of being a massage therapist. So take the oncology word out of there. And that really is the essence of, of what we do. You know, it's, it's been always been interesting to me uh, what draws a person to our profession. You know, and I think in terms of you really have to be someone who likes to be in close contact with other humans um, and and touching other people, uh, I mean, otherwise, it would be a really painful day, day after day, if you don't like being close to people and touching other people or engaging with other human beings. Um, you know, so you do have to be prepared <clears throat> to be present. I agree with all of that. And it also, this kind of work allows us to be in touch with humanity throughout our entire working life. And yes, it's draining. Yes, it can be confounding and confusing and overwhelming. But what are the other options? You know, just pretending it's not there, working in an office where you're not connecting with people in any real way. So there are challenges to this, but I find it so profoundly satisfying as a way to spend my time and make my living. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's, it's, um, it's so important, too, that maybe we were going to get to this, but to, to um, kind of establish relationships. I think this kind of work forces you, if you're doing it right, to establish relationships with your colleagues, um, whether they're other massage therapists or other professionals who work with cancer patients. Because, you know, you got to have that person who you can call and be like, okay, so I just saw this amazing and weird and crazy thing that happens to a human body. And I don't know what to do with this. And, you know, maybe your partner is a wonderful human being or your friends are wonderful human beings, but if they're not involved in this work, it can freak them out a little bit. <laughs> so you have to have that, that person you can process with. I think that's true. Well, and I, I'm curious, and this is, <clears throat> I, I've been, I'm trying to figure out how to not lead the witness with this question, but maybe this will be a, a great place for meaningful dissent. Um, <laughs> you know, when you talk about um, 
how it, it you can have this deep connection in your work life. I feel like one of the if there's if there's such a thing as karma or sort of being led that on a very basic level, I am aware that the reason I do oncology massage and sort of found it when I did and felt so connected was because I knew that my tendency to sort of spiritually fall asleep was pretty strong. And that (laughs) it, it has made it so that I also have those connections in my non-work life and that it has made me live differently to be constantly in the space of people who thought they had more time. And I'm curious, you know, and and I think that it's a place where it seems like a no brainer to, to engage like that, where perhaps if you work in an office or if you're a cashier at a grocery store, it might not seem as obvious that you can also connect deeply with people. Um, And that like, if you miss it as an oncology massage therapist, like, holy cow, like you need some serious intervention. But what I'm curious about your perspective in terms of how being an oncology massage therapist has affected your non-working life. This is a really easy one for me, Cal. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. People with cancer don't complain about the weather. They don't complain about anything that's pointless to complain about. Yeah. If they do complain about, it's about something that's worth complaining about. And for me, that is just very life affirming that the focus is where it should be and the energy is where it should be. The end. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 What what Jana said. Um I'm trying to decide how far into Wu land I want to take this answer. Go there. Go. Go, go. go all the way there. I could go. Go bigger. Go home. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Um so I think one of the things that oncology massage helped me do was to help me start thinking about like really thinking about consciously what is my purpose as as a human being on this on this earth because when you're when you're faced with suffering death yeah but suffering um and um impossible decisions that people who are going through cancer treatment have to make hundreds of times a day every day um it it really kind of shows you like janet just said what what is important and it, it helped me kind of formulate like what I think our purpose as human beings in like, why are we even here? Cause we're clearly not helping the planet much um, at the moment. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, um, but, but why are we here? And I think it has to do with, with love. And that's a word that in the English language, um, doesn't have the weight that I want it to have. But there is, like, if you think of love as something that we give, but also love is something that is and something that we tap into um, and something that by tapping into it and bringing it forth, we also feed it and increase its power. So I think that, that what oncology massage has done for me has helped me really focus on, okay, so this is how I tap into that that, you know, capital L love, you know, some people might call it God or spirit or divine or, you know, whatever your word is. Um, And express that in a way that also feeds it and makes it more available um, for whoever wants to tap into it. So that's, that's what I feel like oncology massage has done 
for me as a practitioner and a human being. Yeah. Maybe I've become incredibly woo as I've aged. Cause I'm like, when are we going to get to the super woo part? You're just saying what's true. <laughs> How's You're just laying down the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you said about, I just finished reading on vacation, um, bell hooks book all about love. And I, I don't know that I can strictly recommend it. It's, it's in many ways, pretty anachronistic, but, um, the love is never out of style. And, and the, the things that she says about, um, that really some of the, a big part of the solution to the woes of our world is to live with a love ethic. And it's that capital L love that, you know, we have to move beyond love as a contractual relationship, that it, it is something that I can love you and still not prefer to spend time with you, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that unconditional positive regard that feels increasingly difficult to access but that really is, that is how you do better than get through this work. And I think like Kathy said, like, you don't have to experience any of it, mm -hmm. but it's not going to, you won't benefit. And in fact, you'll probably burn out because what you're doing by not connecting to it is just pretending it doesn't exist, which I feel like Janet, you described this beautiful thing. And I think you too, Rebecca, about sort of what's quote hard about being with people going through cancer is what's hard about being a person yeah. and that you know, maybe it's an intensified situation because you really can't pretend that life and death is not really what we're talking about in these situations. But um, this really is a place where we have an opportunity to choose love or something smaller. And I think we get scared to choose love, <laughs> but um, it's not as limited as we imagine it. And um, that's what I feel like is so great in addition, as you were saying, Rebecca, to the colleague relationships is just that when you work with other people who are really immersing themselves in this human experience and trying to show up to suffering and noticing their own resistance and things, it, it does just change everything. And it, it puts you in a place where you recognize whining as a privilege of the well. And you know, that you sort of are like, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm going to be okay with this, like lukewarm coffee or it is quote too hot today and I'm alive to feel it. So let's just move on. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, enlivening. Yeah. It is not well, too. Go ahead, Rebecca. Well, it was, um, <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> well, and, and I think it's important to point out and I, and I know that, that y'all would agree with me on this, but to say explicitly that, that this, you know, this experience of love that I'm talking about and that we're tapping into, this isn't all like puppies and rainbows and, um, you know, I feel lifted from the ground kind of thing, because this, this is the kind of love that is down in the dirt and real. And, um, you know, this is the kind of love that, that picks up somebody, you know, helps somebody up off the table who is hurting and can't do it. It's the kind of love that can be witness to wounds and um, scars and um, traumas that are done to the human body and the, and the kind of love that feels pain and cries in my case, kind of a lot. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that is, it's, it's like love that gets your hands dirty. Yeah. 
I hate to be banal, but Cal, I will never accept a lukewarm cup of coffee. I'm just I, I understand. Yeah, no, I think I, you have to it's an act of self-love to just dump out that cold cup and make a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I learned from my mother-in-law when her husband was in late stage of cancer was the importance of accompanying someone through their experience. So we can't live it for them, we can't save them from it, we can't do much except walk beside them. And she taught me so much about that. She would make sure that she still got out to have breakfast with her siblings or to get her hair cut or whatever, and then come back with a little bit of renewed energy and a little bit more strength to deal with what she had to do. But she was very formative for me in thinking of accompanying people through their experience. Yeah. Yeah. I um, To get back to the book a little bit, one thing that I found incredibly exciting, and this happened in multiple places, but this seemed to be the most obvious place, was I felt like I was watching history in the making and sort of like evidence-based practice where um, for years we've talked um, about the structure that I, I think Gail McDonald kind of created that pressure, sight, and position, and that in your book you add duration. And I feel like that's exactly right that, you know, we have these conversations all the time where people say like, well, you know, what can I do with this person? And it's like, well, it might have to do with how long you do it more than what you actually do. And that mm -hmm. this is another way that we've learned to adapt so that the massage is actually supportive rather than taxing. And just to see this thing that I'm like, oh, pressure side position. Wait a minute. There's a fourth thing that they wrote here. <laughs> I do that. That's amazing. Uh, and there are so many other places in the book where I'm like, oh, right. Like 15, 20 years ago when, you know, I feel like I, when I came into this, so many of these things were people were talking about, maybe we need to make this change or work in this way. But now it's written down as like, this is standard practice. And this is a thing that we've decided is safe and appropriate and effective and hooray. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's an addition, but we also have to think about what's progressing from where Rebecca and I left off when we completed the book, that it's not definitive and finished. It's part of the evolution. And I'm very curious to see the evolution that comes and the conversations that come from the book that we've created. Yeah, absolutely. Like This is, this is all, like we're just part of the path and whoever comes next is going to build on this in a way that's going to be amazing. Yeah. And well, and thankfully, Healwell has created this great community where people can join and talk about these things. <laughs> so true, Kathy. I, what, a, what a perfect plant. Um, that's right. For folks who haven't already come to our interdisciplinary online community, there will be rousing conversations about this text and many others. And uh, I feel like I really want to, um, if, I, if I didn't have to run Healwell, I would go on a national book tour to non-oncology instructors and students and say, please read this book. Please introduce your students to the concepts in this book, because this is, it feels to me like a philosophical primer of just practice with humans. It'll help you if you work with people who are going through cancer, but it really just does such an incredible job of, of weaving science and, and all of the spiritual aspects that make massage therapy this hard to quantify experiential intervention um, that will, I think, hopefully continue to move into a more mainstream understanding and, and people will have greater access to it. So I'm going to put it back under my pillow after today's episode and um, continue to snuggle it on a daily basis. Well, that's a dream come true, what you've just said. I don't think we could have hoped for more around Rebecca to, to create something like that. Right. Well, and, and like I've said before, and 
to many people, I've probably said this to you, that my goal is to make myself, like the oncology massage educator, part of myself obsolete, because this is the thing that's taught in school in your basic education, and that this is part of your learning before you even get to touch anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, certainly just in terms of the safety, because the rates of cancer and the rates of survivorship, all of us will work with people who have or have had cancer, and we need a basic primer on the safety of working with people with cancer, for sure. Yeah. And, and Janet has created a course to that effect that I'm aware of, <laughs> that she, <laughs> because we don't have a heal well in Canada. That's right. You know, and, you know, when I when Nancy and I teach the scar tissue workshop, of course, I, I mention because I don't have to run heal well, I get to talk about all these things when I <laughs> at different venues. So, you know, we often talk about our relationship with heal well and what heal well does and, 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 and others as well. Um, and I've had so many Canadian massage therapists approach me and say, do we have that here in Canada? And I'm like, we don't, mm -hmm. you know, and I, for me, that was one of the uh, reasons why I reached out to Janet and said, Hey, I know you, right? I know that oncology massage is your thing. Hey, would you write, like to write about oncology massage? We, we need some of that happening here in Canada. Um, you know, in, in, in all the ways that, uh, now Janet is is working to make happen. And certainly this is something I talked about before. One of the deficits in our profession, and certainly here in Canada, is that we don't have any advanced clinical practice guidelines to follow. Like nothing yeah. that's really solid. Like our, you know, massage therapy education and training here in Canada, we have national standards now you know, with certain things that we have to learn in order to be a massage therapist to go out and practice. And we, we, we do have a fairly good foundation in the foundational sciences and, and oncology is one of the areas that is talked about, but we do not have good solid advanced clinical practice guidelines. So that's been part of my mission is, you know, encouraging folks like you all to write these important books so we have something to start from in, in these areas that are more complex, like complex trauma, complex pain, oncology, you know, and, and other areas. So it, it is a real need. So I thank you both for fulfilling that. So now I have something solid that I can continue to push here in Canada. Absolutely. <laughs> look, look, we've got a resource now. Let's get it done. Yes. Well, and, and a, a deep bow of gratitude to all textbook authors, um, because really, I mean, it it is a thankless, arduous task. And well, it's thankless as you're doing it. Hopefully, after now that the book is out and people will be sending you roses and puppies and things, um, it will feel more more appreciated. But um, it is a lot, a lot of work. And um, it's that that doesn't even scratch the surface to say it's a lot of work. So thank you, um, you both, and also um, I know Kathy, you and Nancy wrote a book, and and I just keep saying no thanks. I won't be writing a book because people <laughs> I love and know are smart are like it's horrible. Don't do it. Um, so I'll just help in the ways that I can help, and um, we'll all get there together. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank yeah. you both for joining us today. Is there anything that we didn't um, touch on? I bet there's a ton of things, but um, any bits that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Um, I, I think if you have bought the book, thank you. If you're considering buying the book, thank you. And as you're reading the book, um, don't skip over the the challenging parts. Um, not like this science challenging, but the parts that are like, yeah, you're going to be sad and your clients are going to be sad and you're going to have to have conversations that are sometimes difficult and you're going to have to work on yourself. Um, so don't skip that. <laughs> Very important. I believe that we have to get really comfortable with knowing what we know and knowing what we don't know so that we're okay asking questions of our clients or of the other professionals they work with and of our colleagues and not to be embarrassed by not having what might be considered some very fundamental information um, because we can easily proceed without all the information we need. So not knowing is really important. Definitely. Well, thank you both for your incredible contribution, both in writing and um, already con contribution in spirit and love and, and what will continue to flow from both of you. So we are deeply grateful. And thank you all for joining us for the first episode of season three as interdisciplinary also continues to evolve and make sure to go out there on the social media and spread the word and remember our contest for season three go leave us a review and if we read it online you'll get some swag or you'll get to hang out with me and kathy for a half hour and talk about anything you want it doesn't even have to be about massage or oncology it could be about ferrets or snack food whatever you're into so <laughs> Thanks for being here. Kathy, as always, thanks for being here as well. Uh, thank you, my friend. And thank you, Rebecca and Janet. Uh, so appreciate everything that you're doing out there in the world. Thank you both. And Rebecca, always thank you. You are an amazing collaborator. Thank you. This this was, um, was a great um, friendship as well as a great collaboration. Thank you. Love to you all, friends. Thank you. Bye. Interdisciplinary is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at healwell.org. That's podcast at healwell.org. Thanks for listening.